Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is a place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. Welcome, everyone, again. My name is Linford Morton, but of course, my friends call me Lynn, and I count you in that number. So please, you can call me Lynn. This is the podcast we begin every week with, where we talk about all kinds of fun things that are photography-related. And I like to think of it as the podcast for the serious enthusiast, those of us who, who love photography so much, we eat, sleep, and breathe the stuff. So anyway, we, we cover a wide range of different kinds of topics. And it's funny because I even got that feedback that you know, the show is pretty eclectic, uh, but always things. And I, I sort of look for things that I would w- want to talk about if I was sitting you know, with you in a coffee shop, you know, what kinds of things would we want to talk about if we want to learn, if we want to share, if we want to grow together. So that's the Shutterbug Life podcast. And of course, we begin every week with it. I'm glad you're here to start the week with me. Today, we have a couple things going on. This is a double feature, if you will. And I'm going to talk about something that is uh more encouragement than anything else. I hope it will be anyway, encouragement or inspiration. So we're going to do a couple things. I'm going to talk about a topic called pick yourself, pick yourself. And if anyone out there is familiar, familiar with Seth Godin, you'll immediately know what I'm talking about, but I'll, I'll explain it on the other side. And then and then I think a companion piece to that will be a webinar we did back in February of 2014. We, I used to do free photo webinars for four years every second Tuesday of the month. And one of the topics I did was called Silencing Your Inner Critic. And at the time, I think it uh, a lot of us, it resonated with a lot of us who are photographers and creatives. And so I'm going to replay a portion of the audio from that webinar because we've got a lot of new people in the community now, and I think you might appreciate hearing and um, some of what we talked about on that episode. So that is about it for this episode. Um, what happened this week? did go out and shoot a little bit this week for fun. I'm, I am working on a, on, on an ask Lynn and I probably will record it later today and maybe sometime next in the coming week, you'll hear it. And it's on macro photography because, um, uh, you know, that's another one of the, the, um, the, the genres I think a lot of us sort of are curious about and or struggle with. And when I was working with Ruth, Um, we did the private coaching together where we, um, talked about a number of things with her camera, but she asked, uh, asked me to, uh, to share some insights on working on macro photography. And I said, you know what, I'll just do that as an ask Lynn segment. And so 
that's coming up. The other reason is I've been doing a lot of macro myself lately. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I picked up a macro lens and just been having a lot of fun with it. I went to a confessional. I went to, to as I said last week, uh, to shoot the butterfly exhibit. And I, I wasn't terribly excited with a number of the images I shot. So I went back to another butterfly um, this one it's called World of Wings and shot again this week. So that's how I got out this week and, and shot around a little bit. Oh, I forgot to share last week also. I, I did this um, photo shoot, a maternity photo shoot with uh, uh, the daughter of a friend, uh, one of my mentors when I was a uh, communications uh, professional and a writer. And so she asked if I would do uh, her, her daughter was pregnant and wanted to do a photo shoot with her family. And I thought, okay, cool. And I, I thought I'd take advantage of the fact that I knew them and ask if I could bring my boys along because, um, my middle son, Zach, he's about 16 now, and he's really taken an interest in photography. And he always asks, you know, dad, can I go along on a shoot with you? And I, you know, I, I don't want to show up on a shoot necessarily. Um, and at, when, I, when I have a real paying client and I can silence my phone. But anyway, um, so I said, hey, can I bring him along? She said, of course. And and it's it's we just had a, a fun time because, you know, I, I let him do a lot of the shooting. And then the intro, which is done by my youngest, uh, the 11 year old, he was there as well as the photo assistant. And so. We had a good time. It reminded me of when I used to shoot with my dad around their age as well. So fun stuff. And it's all part of our Shutterbug life. And I get to see and hear from you as you go around shooting as well. And I think it's, you know, this is the lifestyle for those of us who love photography. And I, I love hearing from you as you guys email me and tell me about, you know, where you went to shoot recently. Um, Lori just uh, sent, I just read an email from Lori. She said she went to an asylum in, in West Virginia to go shooting. And I thought, wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. But anyway, thanks for, for the emails and thanks for sharing and all the feedback when I do see and hear from you. So we're going to get into now an, a topic which is um, personal to me as well as, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's helpful for you as well. And we'll start with uh, the title, Pick Yourself, and that will be up next. All right, thanks again. So I was going to this gallery in Washington, D.C., because I thought it'd be a real cool idea if I set up a show for the members of my meetup group, Shuttlebug Excursions. And I wanted to do a, a really cool gallery showing. And it's one of the things I've had on a list for a long time and just sort of tinkering with. And every time I see an opportunity, I'll just inquire. So anyway, I go into this gallery and, and you know, I'm talking to uh, the manager, proprietor, whatever he happened to be. And I said, hey, I'm looking for a gallery to do a showing. And so he, of course, he's showing me around. He's telling me about all the kinds of things they do. And then he asks, what kind of work are you, are you looking to show? And I said, well, you know, I've got a, you know, a, a group of, of 
photographers and we've been together for several years and I'd like to just have a show where we show the best of all of our work. And he's, and then he proceeded to say, well, of course, if you wanted to do that, we would have to make it a juried um, show and we we would have to, you know, look at everyone's work and we would have to decide which ones you show. And then I, he proceeded to say, I hope it's not a lot of the crap I see today called photography. And he went on and on about how, you know, so much of the photography he sees is just junk. And then he proceeded to lecture me about what real photography is and what the, the kind of photography, we sh- you know, that most people should be proud of and the kinds of things, you know, we see is just, you know, not even worth putting up on, on walls anywhere. And I'm sitting there listening to this guy and then, I, you know, I'd had enough and so I said, you know what, I've heard enough. Thank you very much. And I left. And he thought to myself, who needs that guy? And it reminded me of a a mantra from Seth Godin, who is a writer who writes about things uh, entrepreneurial and business-related and creatives, actually. And And the mantra is, Pick yourself. It comes from a blog post. He, I think he wrote back in 2011. He's revisited the theme several times. And he, he says, you know, pick yourself. You, you know, the world has changed so much. And technology and opportunity is at the point now where we no longer need gatekeepers like that guy to tell us that we are worthy or to give us permission to do our best work and to share it with the world. You don't need anyone to pick you anymore. Right now, this is the best time ever to just pick yourself. Now, he says, um, our cultural, and here's a quote from him from one of those blogs. He says, our cultural instinct is to wait to get picked, to seek out permission, authority, and the safety that comes from a publisher or talk show host, or even a blogger saying, I pick you. Once you reject that impulse and realize that no one is going to select you, then you can actually go get to work and get some work done. So the solution is to stop and to pick yourself. Now, once upon a time to do the kind of stuff that I do right now, I blog and I podcast and I teach, once upon a time, in order to do this, I would need a publication who would need to agree to give me some of their precious real estate to publish my blog post. Or I'd need a, a radio station to say, yes, you can get on the air and talk about things that are interesting to you. I would need an editor to tell me that what I had to say was worthy. And, of course, I would need them to give me permission. But today, I just start. Five years ago, I started a blog. Eight years ago, I started a meetup group. And this year, I started a podcast. You can just start. And you don't need anyone's permission to start, to share whatever you have or your gift with the world. So what about you? Now, the reason I I share this message is because I talk with so many of, of us And you tell me that, you know, you want to start a photography business or you want to hang a show somewhere or you want to just help people with your work or you want to teach people. You want to do so many things. And 
sometimes when I probe and say, okay, well, why don't you do it? And I always hear some version of, you know, I'm not ready. I need to go get, you know, some other qualification. I need to, to do something else. You know, we find it hard to start because we are waiting for the trappings of legitimacy. And we're waiting for someone to hand us a piece of paper to say that we are ready to do what we have, what we what we want to do or what we know is in our heart and our soul and our vision is going to be our purpose. And the thing is, Seth says, when we take a responsibility and eagerly give credit doors open, when we grab the microphone and speak up, when we step up closer to doing the work we are able to do, most of all, when you just ship your best work, you're becoming the artist that you're capable of becoming. You're becoming the artist. And and rather than waiting to the until the point where we think we can be the artist, we can start now. And I think that's the real message. You don't have to wait for someone to give you permission. You can start today wherever you are on the journey to wherever it is you know you want to go and where you want to be. You all know about Trey Radcliffe, right? He, and and I'll link to this in the show notes, he did a TED talk where he talked about, you know, a lot of his background and history. And he talked about when he started his blog. And he talked about the fact that when he started shooting and started posting images and started doing this thing he liked called HDR, or high dynamic dynamic range that no one really paid attention to him. He said, for years I, 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 I shot pictures and I posted and I don't think anyone other than me and my mom looked at them. Think about that. No one other than me, him and his mom, but he kept on doing the work. And so years later, he has grown into the largest travel blog on the planet. And he didn't get there by waiting for someone to say, you know what, you're good enough now to have a travel blog. You're good enough now to share it with the world. You're good enough now. We think you're ready. No, he just started doing it. And maybe he wasn't ready when he started. But there's the magic in starting and and, and actually beginning to put yourself out there and, and do the work and be vulnerable and share stuff. And there's a magic in doing that that helps move you along. And it's it's much easier to get to where you want to be just by starting than by waiting until um, until you think you're ready or someone else tells you that you're ready. Brandon Stanton, another example, and I'll you know, he shared that right with us in our own community how he lived in Chicago at one point and decided he wanted to you know come to New York and take pictures because he thought that would be a fun city to photograph and he picked up and he moved and he said hey i'm going to do a photo census of the city and he started taking street portraits of people he would meet all over the city and he said you know for years he not only (laughs) went around taking pictures without people knowing who he was but his camera broke at one point he talked about having his lens duct taped (laughs) together and just out there shooting and if you you know if you you know followed his work for some time you know he just you know he sort of plugged along and uh, people start to take notice slowly today he has you know millions of followers and you know him as the humans of new york blog but he started not by waiting for someone to say your photos are ready or you we think you're good enough now 
he just went off and just started doing whatever it was he had in his heart and he kept creating now i know at this point many of you are just rolling your eyes and going okay linford enough of that rah-rah nonsense ah i know i'm really not ready and uh, you know no amount of a pep talk is going to make me ready and and so for that you know i'm going to ask you i'm going to push back and say well why not you why aren't you ready to do and make the contribution you want to make now russell wilson who's the quarterback of the seattle seahawks and Anybody who knows football and knows me knows it gives me great pains to actually quote him, someone from the Seattle Seahawks, because I'm a I'm a diehard New Orleans Saints Houdat fan. But anyway, I digress. Russell Wilson used to say in the year they won the Super Bowl, he said he ought, he'd always ask the teams, why not us? Why can't we win? Why can't we do our best? And why can't we achieve what we are all working for? Who says it can't be you? And so, you know, I've got to borrow that and for for you and for I and say, you know, why not you? If you know that you have something, you know, some work that you want to share, you have a vision you want to shoot, why not you? Because at the end of the day, it's about sharing it with abundance, right? Going out there and just doing your work and sharing it with the world because you want to give. It's about sharing with gratitude, right? Because you're thankful for the gifts you've been given. But really, I think it's about service. And what I mean by that is people will say, okay, I want to get better. I want to do something significant. And so I would say, you know, they say the, the riches are in the niches. It's about finding a community and serving them. It's about finding something you love to do. And I'm going to assume it's photography because you're listening to this podcast. And then it's not only finding that community, but it's then about serving them. And for many of us, that's what looking for a niche is all about. If you're trying to build a business and I'm going to talk about this in a, in an upcoming ask Lynn episode, but it's about finding someone for me, the people I serve are the photography community. It's you, right? You know, I do my work because I'm here to serve. And I think of myself as serving you and, and helping you and I sort of learn and grow together and share on this path that we're on, this learning path. So service is the pathway to significance. And if you look at the the two photographers we talked about, Brandon Stanton, he was serving um, his audience by sharing all the photos that he saw of New York. And and you look at uh, Trey Ratcliffe and he's serving by, by not just sharing his beautiful HDR pictures, but by teaching us how he does it and how he sees the world. And and so you want to think about, you know, who do you want to serve? And it doesn't always have to be other photographers. You know, I, I, I was on LinkedIn the, the other day and the guy had a post there in one of the groups I, I'm in. And he talked about, you know, wanting to, he said, I'm on 500 picks and I just don't feel like I'm making any headway there. I, I want to be able to share my work and, and sell my work. And it just doesn't seem like I get any um, so I'm not having any success there. And I, and I, I, you know, I thought to myself, well, 
you know, who is it that you want to serve? And if it's not photographers, then maybe that's not the place. You don't always have to serve photographers. You can serve just about anyone. I had a client who was a pregnant mom and used her gift to help other moms. And she took pictures of them and helped them preserve moments of their young children's lives. And, you know, I, um, there are countless others is one who, um, he was, a worked in the hotel industry and, and really be, grew a business out of that, going back and photographing exteriors and interiors of, ho- of just hotels. And so, you know, find a community that you are a part of or that you are passionate about and figure out a way to serve them because in service you'll find your pathway to significance. Okay? So, now the other reason that this will this might not resonate with you is because someone keeps telling you that you can't do it. And this is what the second part of this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about silencing the inner critic because when you decide you want to do something significant, there will be voices internal and external that will always tell you, you can't do it. You're not ready. Oh, just, you know, not yet. And and I think part of the discernment is knowing, being able to tell the difference between an honest critique that's designed to help you become your best and fear masquerading as keeping it real. Because often fear, it, the voice we're listening to is really just fear saying, whoa, don't get out there because you might fail. Don't get out there because people might not like you, what you have to do. Don't produce anything because, you know what? What if you make a fool of yourself? And and all these are, are voices of fear. So I'm going to share something with you. Almost every episode of this podcast I've produced, I've had those voices in my head saying, who wants to hear about that? What an awful episode. Why even bother producing it? You know, these voices, they're in my head too. And I know they're in your head as well. And, and you know, part of courage is, is pushing past these fears and, and doing your work anyway. And shipping your work anyway. And not waiting for someone to tell you it's okay, you're good enough. But just doing the work you know you were born to do and sharing it with the world fearlessly. And so based on that, I want to share, I'll dig a little deeper in this webinar from February 2014, where you talk about silencing your inner critic. And I think it's worth revisiting because we talk about who the voices are and strategies for dealing with them. And so hopefully you will find this helpful for you. All right, so here is part two of our double feature. Welcome to the recording for our free photo webinar from February 18, 2014. On this broadcast, we focus on the topic, silencing your inner critic. I'm Linford Morton, your host, and I'm so glad you decided to join our conversation. This evening, we're going to focus on the topic, silencing your inner critic. I'll start by sharing some thoughts. Many of us cheat ourselves out of potential accomplishments because of our own limiting beliefs. Tonight, we not only confront those internal voices that hold us back, but the external ones as well. 
I'll give you some ideas on dealing with them if you ever find yourself holding back your dreams. Many of us aren't producing or sharing at our true potential. And it's almost as if we're being robbed. It's like someone is stealing our work. And the person who's stealing it, the person committing the crime, is you and I. Our inner critic robs us from doing our best work and enjoying our full potential. Let's not make this a vague academic exercise. Throughout this discussion, I want you to be thinking about you, your photography, your ambitions. You can even broaden it beyond photography because every creative is vulnerable to this. Let me tell you a story. My first photo tour almost didn't happen. I started the Meetup Shutterbug Excursions back in 2009, and I found myself helping lots of people on our photo walks. And I really enjoyed this process of helping, so I tried to do something a little more formal. I announced it on the site. I'm going to be starting this photo tour DC and, uh, and ask people to, to volunteer to come out with me and do sort of a focus group. Let me know what they thought. Just give me honest feedback after the first lesson. Now, the minute I announced the site, then came the second guessing. Do you really think this is for you? I mean, why should anyone listen to you anyway? Why do you think you're so smart that you can teach people? And the questions and the second guessing just kept coming. And I almost just shut it down and shut myself up. And I'm so glad I didn't because this has been one of the best experiences of my life. We might not have been here tonight had I not continued. But I talk about these voices. And yes, I hear voices and many photographers do. And and I know I'm not alone in hearing these voices because I hear it coming back from a lot of the people I coach and teach. Well, here's how it all starts, at least the way I see it. You pick up a camera, you start shooting, and you start creating, and somewhere you get a glimpse, not just of what you just shot, but what you think you might be able to create. You get a glimpse of what you can be, and it, it's exciting. So now we're joining meetups, we're reading blogs, we're listening to podcasts, and we're just bopping around and just shooting whatever we can find. Then we start thinking of all the great things we can create down the road, a business, a blog, a gallery, a showing, a this, a that, and we just keep going and think, man, where can we take this photography thing? Before we can act on any of it, the voices start telling us to be realistic. Stop all this foolish daydreaming. Slow down. You know, what I, you know exactly what I mean. Now, you can categorize these voices into three camps. Josh Irby, who's a writer and, and author, distills the voices like this. The critic. The critic knows that he is the secret to your success. His ability to distinguish between good photos and bad photos help us produce work at a higher level. But sometimes your critic can be overbearing. Every time I depress the shutter, he opines smugly. Not good enough. Ugh. You really want to show that to people? What a cliche. And on and on. There are times when you'll need to thank the critic for what he contributes and tell him to just shut up. He'll have an opportunity later when I'm in a more objective and different mode. But for now, I just need to create. And so now you're going to need to shut the critic out. The second voice is the cynic. The cynic just wants you to give up. No one is liking your pictures. No one is reading your blog. No one is paying attention to you. Why do you even bother? Now, unlike the critic, the cynic adds no value. 
So you just have to silence the cynic altogether. Tell them, you know what? Cynicism is easy. Creativity takes effort. And so I choose to create. The third voice is the doubter. Now, the doubter means well. Oh, honey, I know you really want to be a photographer. You know I love your photos, but do really you think anyone will hire you? I mean, the photography industry these days is just so competitive. Maybe you should just set your goals a little lower. You know, I just don't want to see you get hurt. You know Aunt Jean, she tried to be a photographer, and if you remember what happened to her? Now, here's what you do. Thank the doubter for caring about you so much that she's concerned for your comfort. Then you have to tell her that it's worth the pain and effort. Maybe you will get hurt. Maybe you will get rejected. But then again, maybe you won't. And really, the only way to find out is to try. As Irby says, the dream is too big to quit over a little pain. You would rather experience the sharp pain of failure than the dull agony from a dead dream. Success usually takes more time and effort than most people are willing to invest. So stop doubting and do. Now, these objections are all fairly reasonable arguments. And so it's easy to be swayed in a weaker moment. That's why they're so dangerous. For many of us, however, the rational voices of caution are really our fears. What if it doesn't work? What if I'm wrong? What if I'm embarrassed? Or worse yet, what if I get hurt? Sometimes the critics are external. We aren't our only challenge, and sometimes we need to guard against well-meaning advice from loved ones. Advice that you know deep inside isn't moving you toward your true calling. The author John Acuff advises we ignore three kinds of people. The first is the spectator. You know, an athlete never solicits advice from someone in the stands. A musician doesn't ask the crowd for direction. You should never listen to the advice of spectators. A spectator will just criticize your photos, but have nothing of his own to show. No blog, no website, no Flickr, no nothing. Ignore the person who criticizes your work from the sidelines. They haven't earned the right. Get advice from people who are in the game. People who are creating and showing and helping. The next is the hater. The squeaky wheel doesn't need the oil. Many of us spend our time obsessing over one insult when we have hundreds or even thousands of compliments. You can find out much about what you do well from these compliments. You'll know you have a hater when all they have is complaints and no solutions. Ask them to provide some ideas for improvement, and they usually go silent. Now you know you have a hater. The goal of feedback is to cause improvement. The goal of hate is to cause wounds. The other one is the complainer. Now, a complainer won't even respond at all when you ask for clarification. You know the type. When you respond, we can have a conversation. We can, we can debate merits. I might even come over to your way of thinking. But if you whine and then disappear, that's not useful. That's a complainer, and you should ignore them. Now, wise counsel is important. I don't ever want to suggest that you close yourself off to wise counsel. But there are lots of smart people, friends and family, colleagues and mentors, who can help point you in the right direction. But those three, the three we just talked about, 
usually always steer you down the wrong path. Here's another question to consider when you evaluate advice. Sometimes other people won't be able to see your dream. They might not understand your potential. Doesn't mean they don't care for you, but they just don't see it. And if that's the case, they're probably going to be the wrong ones to help you reach it. Here's another thing to think about. Don't take banking advice from a baker. Don't take millionaire advice from someone who is broke. And if someone hasn't accomplished what you are trying to accomplish, how can they tell you whether or not your goal is really achievable? Don't take advice on your dreams from someone who hasn't accomplished what you're working toward. What you do, you find someone who's achieved a similar goal because they're better equipped to give you the roadmap you need to get there or at least provide an honest assessment of what it will take from where you are today. Here's what you ought to remember or think about. In most cases, it's about them and it's often about their fears, not about you, not about your photos, not about your work, not about your capability. They're afraid for you. They don't want to see you get hurt. They want to protect you. It's not malicious, but remember, it's not about you. So here's some more paralyzing statements and then some potential responses for them. Emily Freeman identifies three paralyzing statements that can keep you from doing your best work, and I've thrown in a couple of my own. Here's a famous, a popular one. I, I'm, I'm not ready. Now, in most cases, you are ready. Not ready is often what we, what we say when we mean we're afraid. Emily says, it's true that we might, it, you know, sometimes it's not the right time to pursue a certain thing or a particular endeavor or make a final decision. But a lot of times we confuse readiness with courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. If you want to feel courageous before you release your art, you might be waiting forever. Here's another paralyzing statement. Someone else can do it better anyway. Well, do it anyway. Do it your way. Let's agree. I'd say someone else can do it differently. But there's nothing to gain from competing with the world. On each of his albums, one of my favorite singers, Luther Vandross, would cover a popular hit. Now, some of the songs were considered untouchable by conventional wisdom. And when asked why, Luther Vandross said he likes to take them on and try to Lutherize the songs. That's also that's a lesson I always remember. He tries to Lutherize them. And then I, I sort of take that on myself. And if I look at something, I say, how can I Linfordize it? Use your own name in its place. How can you make it your own? Do it your way, and now you don't have to compete with anyone else. Another statement. I'm wasting my time. And for that, I say, if you think you're wasting your time, you're usually working on someone else's idea of success. Does someone else believe in you? Has someone ever been inspired by your art? Then how in the world is that a waste of time? If you're expressing your true self and your talents honestly and authentically, then your time is never wasted. You are doing what you were meant to do. Another statement, rejection. You know, like, what if they laugh? You know that most people in your circle are rooting for your success. They want to see you shine. And those who don't, really don't have your best interest at heart, and they won't ever be won over, so you've got to ignore them. Linda Former Shelley says that the people who succeed in the world are the ones who blast past rejection. Remember, rejection isn't always about you. 
It isn't always about your work. It's a sign that what you have isn't what the permission givers need right now. Each no can be a stepping stone to your next yes. So let go of what the world wants. Let go of what your friends are doing. Let go of what the critics thinks, think and just persevere. Another one. They're doing so, so much better than me. Again, I say stop comparing. One of my favorite quotes is from the Desert Arata, and it says, If you compare yourself with others, you will become vain or bitter, for always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Quit comparing and take action. Compare yourself only to your true potential. Now, a few more quotes I'd like to leave you with before I go. And, and these are some people who, you know, said some inspirational, but I think very thought-provoking things on these topics. And the first one is from Ira Glass. And he says, you know, nobody tells this to beginners. And I wish someone had told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. And for the first couple of years, you make stuff. And it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, it's still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They just quit. Most people I know who do interesting, creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have that special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you're just starting out, you're probably in this place. You got to know that it's normal, and the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. Put yourself in a deadline so that every week you will finish one story, one photo. It's only going to be by going through a volume of work that you close that gap and that your work is as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure that out than anyone else I know. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. But you've just got to fight your way through. This is a lesson from Ira Glass. One of the other quotes I'd like to leave you with is really a sort of a frame of mind from Tony Robbins. And he basically says you have to ask better questions. He says quality questions create a quality life. They direct our mental focus and therefore determine how we think and feel. The difference in the quality of people's lives often comes down to the differences in the questions they consistently ask themselves. Now, here's, here's how I interpret this. If you ask, what's wrong with this photo, you will always find an answer. And while you can tick off 30 things that are wrong, potentially, or technically with a photo, it doesn't mean that it's going to be that far off. You might be able to make two or three corrections and dramatically improve it. And so even by asking, how might I improve the photo, or starting with, what's great about this photo, you find that you answer those questions as well, and you feel better about yourself and your work. Then you can go about the business of looking into now how might I improve this and what can I do differently and how, how, what can I do better? You'll find that you feel better about your work because if you keep putting yourself down and saying this, this is off, this sucks, this sucks, because as Ira said, Ira Glass said, there's going to be a gap and you're going to be a little frustrated. But it's, I think words matter and the way you talk to yourself and the way you language your, your ambition and your frustration will impact how you continue to work at it and whether or not you continue to push and persevere and grow. The work. This is another along the same vein by Byron Katie. And, and she offers a series of four questions and then a turnaround. 
And, and the first thing she asks is, if you say, oh, I'm, I'm not a good photographer because I can't do composition well, she's going to say, is it true? And you might say, yeah, I think it's true. And then she would ask, can you absolutely know that it's true? Absolutely. And I think this is where most people have a reason to pause. Because you don't absolutely know that it's true. You sort of feel that way. But I'm guessing that if you're into this, somebody somewhere has said to you that we think this is good stuff. We like it. So you don't absolutely know it to be true. But here's the thing. When you think it's not, when you think it is true, how do you react and what happens when you really believe that thought? How does that thought affect you? And then four, where would you, who would you be without that thought? Like, think if you could free yourself from holding on to that thought. And then you want to flip it around and find at least three specific genuine examples of how each turnaround can be true for you in that situation. So this is an, an exercise you can go through to help yourself begin to let go of limiting beliefs and also embrace your true potential. You know, at the end of my first photo tour, I realized the voices were wrong. I realized that I had a great time. I got feedback from the attendees that they did as well, and they learned an awful lot about photography, and they were able to work through some of the challenges and some of the things that they were struggling through. And I actually felt, wow, you know, this is something I can continue to do and really enjoy. And over the last four, four years, there's not been a day that I've taught a photo tour that you, I've not just had a ball with whoever showed up. And think... I could have been robbed of all that, uh, of all of those abilities to help other people and to also realize sort of my, some of my true calling and potential had I just listened to these inner critics. The inner critics were wrong for me, and they're likely wrong for you as well. And so I'm going to leave you with the quote from Nike. Regardless of what you're thinking or what you're feeling or what your inner critics or voices are telling you, just do it. Do something today that your future self will thank you for. One of the ways I sort of guide whether or not I should be doing something is I say, if at the end of my days I have not done this, will I be relieved or will I be really annoyed and feel a sense of loss that I did not try it. And if I think, you know, this was important enough that I would be disappointed at the end of my days, then I've got to make a plan and go off and do it. And so the last of the Nike quotes is, quit making excuses, putting it off, complaining about, dreaming about, whining about, crying about, believing you can't, worrying if you can, waiting until you're older, skinnier, richer, braver, and all around better. Suck it up. Hold on tight. Say a prayer, make a plan, and just do it. Well, I hope that was helpful and encouraging or even inspiring for you, silencing the inner critic. Now, I want you to tell me about what you want to, you know, What's your vision for your photography? You know, where do you see yourself going with this? And then tell me what you'll do to get started now. You can shoot me an email and respond to this podcast, lynn, L-Y-N, at shutterbooklife.com. 
or you can post it in the comments, or you can even tweet it at me, shutterbug underscore life. I'm interested in hearing about you, and, and I will encourage you to put it in the comments because I think the more of us who sort of see other people are going through similar things, the more it's inspiring for the rest of us who are struggling on that journey, and the more it can help us become um, brave enough to get out there and start and start and produce and become who we were really intended to be. All right. So that's it. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Marie Forleo who says the world needs that special gift that only you can offer. And so pick yourself and go do it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Shutterbug Life podcast. Wow. This is episode 29. So that means you can find it on our on on the blog page, shutterbuglife.com forward slash podcast, search for episode 029, or the bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash shutterbuglife029. If you're in iTunes or Stitcher, we're on both of those platforms. You can get to iTunes at itunes.shutterbuglife.com, or you can just go to Stitcher and search for it there. I'm going to encourage you to subscribe. Shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe means you don't miss anything coming up or even subscribing on either of those two podcasting platforms. All right. And uh, then I'm going to encourage you to leave a a comment. And of course, remember, I have a survey coming uh, pretty soon. I'm going to ask you to take a moment and complete that. Tell us a little bit about who you are. All right. So that's it. Begin your week again with me next week. And until then, you know, what we do here works because you join and you you share every week. And for that, I'm immensely grateful. This is the Shutterbug Live. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Take care.